Welcome to The Laneway, where we delve into all things health, fitness, lifestyle, and sustainable fat loss. But coming at you with an unbiased, educational, and hopefully entertaining approach. Boom! That's so nasty. I, this is called payback. That's so nasty. <laughs> so Brad's got a mouthful of munch me roasted almonds. A mouthful of what? <laughs> munch me. It's the brand. Munch me roasted almonds. And he's crunching away. He's like, do you reckon you'll be able to hear me? And I was like, which is the record button? Mm-hmm. I just push record. That was nasty. Yeah. It's called payback. All right. You want to keep it. <clears throat> Sometimes we don't have time for um, a full length podcast. Podcast. Sometimes you just need a quickie, right? Yeah. So that's what today's meant to be about. Now I've got two notes that I want to discuss before we get into our five questions. Have we the got five questions? Yeah. So you're going to do exactly the same podcast, but <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's yeah, go, lads. Call it a quickie, honey. Okay. All right. Okay. So the first thing is the mental health walk. Yes. Have you got the details for that? Yes. So we. this is an invitation to everybody. Um, I probably should create a team, shouldn't I? A but team? Yeah, you, apparently you can create teams. Anyway, going to put it out there first and then I'll talk about the team. So we are doing the Walk for Awareness, which is a mental health awareness walk in Brisbane on October 9th. Um, it's walk for, uh, walkforawareness.org.au. Um, we are doing that. It's a nine-kilometre walk, Brad, Casey and myself. Mm-hmm. Um and then anyone else is invited as well. So we've put the feelers out to train with Ash. We will be letting our one-on-one clients know as well. Um, but anyone that would like to to join us, please please do so. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a team because you can create like a team and have people join your team because yep. it's about raising money as well. That's what we want. We want a team. We want a team. And... Um, we were going to call it T-Dubs Mental Health Club. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so if you are in Brisbane around that time, please don't be shy. This is like your invitation. Um, please reach out to myself or Brad on Instagram and we will, yeah, we'll... Make a team. Now, the reason that this in particular is something that we are both passionate about is because I struggle with depression and my mental health and Ash being the partner of someone that has depression i feel like you struggle with it too right like this is as much <laughs> this is as much me as it is right you. yeah absolutely. yeah i think that obviously having depression is something that's pretty difficult at times but i think one thing that doesn't get much uh voice is the partners mm. of people that suffer with mental health so you have been um absolutely amazing for my journey and I think I would have not been able to get through it how I got through it without you. So I want to know your, and you have to keep this quick, top three tips and then I'll do I'll do top three tips for dealing with mental health. And then what would you say, because often people will ask me, you know, I'm very open about mental health, depression, whatever. I find that the more we can normalize it, the more that people out there that also struggle with this, it will help them as well. And believe it or not, me talking about it helps me. Mm. So it's not like, um, I know that this will help or can help other people as well, but I'm probably actually being, what is it, like um, selfish in the sense that just actually talking about it helps a lot. Mm. And that's actually my first tip. (laughs) He's talking about it. Talking about it seems to help. Now, I don't mean finding someone to, you know, you'd have to cry. To s- you can if you want to, mm. but I don't mean you don't have to br- have a breakdown. You don't have to do it in your way, how you feel comfortable. If you want to start your own podcast and do it that way, then do it that way. If you don't, you know, however you're comfortable and whoever you are comfortable with, I think you'll be um, super surprised. Your close network of friends often don't know and... I remember my best mate, I never told him. Mm. It was that another friend of mine that also struggled with depression. We kind of worked it out together. And he told my best friend. Mm. I'd, I never actually told him. And so once he knew, that significantly changed the way, you know, our relationship was and that he was always just more aware. Mm. He didn't step on eggshells. It didn't change anything. There was just awareness. Mm. And it helped a lot because... If I needed something, 
I didn't need to say why I needed it. I would just say, I need this, and he would go, I totally understand, let's make it happen. So yeah. tip number one, talking about it. What's your tip one for, because people ask me, how does Ash, or, and I'm like, look, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. I don't know what she does. What she does, you know, I just know it feels great. I think, <laughs> I think, um, not I think, I know a big piece of it, just, and this is like from a selfish perspective, is um, knowing wholeheartedly that when your partner is in the midst of, I don't know, even know what you would call it, like a downturn. Um, like, you know, because depression isn't something that is even slather. It's not like there are days where there's excellent days, there's days where there's low days, and then there's days where it's kind of just like in between. Um, Often these days, I, I find that we have more high than the super low. Um, but something that I have learned in myself is knowing that when it is a low day, that whatever your partner is going through is has absolutely nothing to do with you. Like it is not your fault. Um, and I think just knowing that because I, I, I remember at the start, when um, I would see Brad go through that, I always thought that I had done something wrong and it was my fault. And I was like, I don't know how to fix this. Or like, I, I'd always be like, what have I done wrong? Like it was always me. So knowing that it is actually not about you, I think that's the first thing. When you know wholeheartedly, regardless of what, um, uh, you know, what words are said or exchanged or whatever, knowing that that is not you, in that, like, it's, yeah, it's got nothing to do with you. I'm trying to keep it quick. Is that your first tip? Yeah. I don't know if I've got more. Uh, <laughs> my, my you came up with three. Yeah, I know. Uh, my next one is it won't go away on its own. Yeah. It's not like a cold or flu where you just wait it out. You need to be, pro you need to proactively do something. Yeah. It would be different for everyone, I believe. I don't think that this, I don't think that the same things work for every person, mm. but find your things that work for you that get you out of that funk. And I guarantee you, correct me if I'm wrong, every time I find myself, I'm like, oh no, I feel a bit sad or whatever. Mm. What's, if we do effectively an audit on what is happening in my life, I'm not doing any of the things that fill my cup and help bring me out of depression. Yeah. And I'm doing more things on the other side of the seesaw that might be causing stress, poor sleep and depression. Yeah. Yeah. So finding your individual things for you. So for me, the first thing I ever did was saw a therapist right at the start and I committed to, actually, that'll be my third tip. I just worked out my third tip. So before I get that, there's things that I do, I can do each day that fill my depression cup. And I can go, I reckon I've gone as long as 12 months. Yeah. With really not going into a state of what I would consider depression. Yeah. Yes, some sad days. Yes. But also some happy days too. And everyone has that. Yeah. So I would say I have had that long that I've been able to go for. But during that time, I did all the things. Yes. I always did all the things. For me, individually, the way I start my day will really determine it. If I start it and it's just a shit day from the start, like that's a negative thing. So for me, get up, have a coffee, go for a walk, sun my balls. <laughs> yes. So anyone that's following us, <laughs> there was a study that I read just recently by Andrew Huber Huberman and he talked about Eyeball sunlight in the morning yeah. and what impact it can have on your day. Anyway, so now we sun our balls every day. You're not meant to have it through like a glass window or through sunglasses and don't stare at the sun, but you're just meant to have sun penetrate your balls. <laughs> yeah? Exactly. Yeah. So I get up, I, pen I penetrate my <laughs> balls, I get some sun. Into the sun. I have a nice walk. Slow a walk. A slow walk. I don't get into the stress of work or the stress of life or the stress of what the day has ahead of me. I slice out that time and do that. Um, what else do I do? I have to train. I have to go to the gym. That's something that also fills up my cup. Something else I find is the sauna for me. Personally, this is just me. I love it. I get out of that and feel amazing. Uh, if we start to really get like, oh shit, I'm in Struggle Street, I'll go for actually for a jog. Now, this is uh, 
when it comes to physical health versus mental health, these two things are separate, but they can work together. So that one, some people might be starting a journey where they're not doing cardio at the minute. So I just want to say, if it is something that you feel like is good for your mental health, find something to replace it with. So if you go for a run currently for half an hour, maybe do like a nice mental health walk. So that's another thing I'll do. Like I only do the run if I'm really struggling. And, and, I'm that, like, and, and it's a slow 10, 20 minute yeah, max. I do, I do a 20 minute jog, nice and slow, nice breathing. I get that dopamine hit and I'm like, cool, that did its job. I get the same feeling from the sauna. Uh, spending time with uh, friends is also something that fills my cup, just my mates, just us doing us, etc. So there's some tools. You might have your own. The only way to find out what they are is to do them yourself. You're welcome to try mine. You're welcome to message me um, if you've got questions about how to sun your balls or whatever. <laughs> I'm happy to help. Um, okay, so next tip that I have that kind of just escaped my mind um, oh, is offering the support what do you need from me how can I help you is there anything that I can do I think that sometimes and if you are I guess in a stressful environment um, like maybe work's really busy right and um, you know most people that we speak to do actually have quite stressful high pressure jobs like it's just more common than not Um, maybe you've got a house full of sick kids and your husband or wife uh, is suffering with depression and you're like mate I can't in your head you're like I can't deal with your shit right now like I'm stressed I've got to deal with you like if you're thinking like that it's going to come across like that and it's not going to help anyone so whilst you probably feel like why can't you just get your shit together sometimes I think it's really important to offer that support um, without getting angry like bringing it back to a level of this is something that can't necessarily be controlled in the moment and as long as the person that is suffering with depression is actually doing something about it support them and see what they need from you and how how you can actually help them cool my very last one so i'm playing with the volume here if it seems to change on everyone else's side as well yeah um this um, portable one that we've got, that we got for while we're in between so that we didn't have to carry a whole DJ deck around, is super handy. And I reckon we'll use it here and there, like if we go away and we interview someone or if we go away on holidays, we need to use it. But the dials turn so easily, so every time I do this, I have to start again. So anyway. I wonder if we should draw little lines. Oh, take a photo some shit. Anyway, so <laughs> the last tip that I've got is if... When you when you go into this, you've got to want. If if you're listening to this and you actually want help or you want to get out of a depressive slump, you actually have to want to. So, um, as I alluded to just before, I saw a therapist straight away. Not straight away. Probably I didn't really even know I had depression at the start. Probably six months in. I was like, I have no happiness. I remember saying to you, I cannot think of anything I could do today that would bring me happiness. I was like, I've never felt like this. I was, I never actually had depression, depression in my whole life. Mm. It wasn't until like nine years ago, eight years ago. And I was like, I can't think of anything. You could give me, okay, a billionaire shows up. You can do anything you want today, Brad. There was nothing I could think of that would make me happy. And so from that point, I went and saw a therapist and I thought, what's words going to do? What? could this guy say that I don't already know? What could speaking to someone, speaking to someone won't make me happier. You know, I know (laughs) I hear a bit of this, like when the chicks, some chicks have not body dysmorphia, but maybe a version of they don't see themselves how everyone else sees them. Maybe they feel like they look slightly higher body fat percentage or something than actually what they are. And, I would say to that person, you know, maybe see a therapist. And I know that person might be like, a therapist won't help me fit in my jeans. But until you've actually done it, then you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. So the first thing I did is I went to get help and I completely surrendered to the process because I I wanted the outcome. If I didn't fix my depression, we would not have been able to stay together. No matter how much support you would have given the person that I was during that time, 
was not the person that you married and it was not a nice person to be around. And you might have slugged it out for, I don't know, one month or two months. <laughs> but eventually, no one could, we could not have stayed in that situation. It wouldn't have worked. You were physically violent. Anyway. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You guys have to really try and work out when Brad's actually joking and he's serious. So I saw a therapist and I said to the therapist, my life is in your hands. What you tell me to do, I will do word for word. So anything you say, I will 100% follow those instructions exactly as you say it. So that's my next, that's my last tip is if you actually want to change, you've got to walk. You have to want it because I know sometimes when you can be in that depressive slump, sometimes you kind of want to stay there. Mm. As crazy as that sounds, sometimes it's like the bad side if you've got like the angel and the de- demon or whatever, mm. the happy Brad and the sad Brad. Sad Brad wants to hold you there and you have to push sad Brad aside and go, I don't care what you want because this is not best for me and for my life and for every all my friends and family around me. I'm going to do what's good for Happy Brad. And so that's what I did. I saw a therapist. I, um, in terms of um, medication, like antidepressants or, or whatever, um, I initially went to just my GP. Uh, the GP gave me a referral in Queensland at that time. I think you could get 12 a year for free uh, or Medicare or whatever. Um, I think that's increased now. Because I think during COVID, depression increased. And so I think you get more than 12. But anyway, he just referred me to a Simon. I just He just happened to... And I remember it like it was yesterday. He started writing out a chick's name. And then he crossed it. He goes, oh, actually, no. You need to see Simon. And then he wrote down Simon's name. And I was like, how strange. He got me the... Per- and Simon was a perfect fit. If you have been to see someone and that didn't help you, see someone else... If you have to see 10, see 10. I think that finding a therapist is like finding a friend. Like think of how many people you see each day and out of them, how many could you actually be besties with? You kind of need to not be besties with your therapist, but I felt like I could be besties with Simon because we clicked. And I think you kind of need a connection. And so um, when I saw him, I said, I'm prepared to take antidepressants if you feel like that's what I need to get out of this. And he said, why don't we try this tool bag first? He called me a tool bag. (laughs) And he said, if that doesn't work, then we'll have that discussion. And it worked for me. The toolkit worked and I never got to the point where I needed to try them. But I 100% would have, if if it didn't fix me, I wasn't going to live like that. I was prepared to try whatever it took. And again, when it comes to antidepressants, I have friends that have tried them and they'll try one and they say, I didn't work, so they don't work. You know, so I think even if you're that person, I think there's multiple that you might... I'm not suggesting everyone should go and do that, but there are some people that I feel like for a short period of time that could help them get back on track enough that that first toolkit can then be something that they then... You know, you just got to prime the pump sometimes. Mm. I have a question for you because this is going to be um, something that you can speak from experience. So, when you are in a low state, what is the last list of things that you want to do? What's the what? Like, what things do you what's – what's on the bottom of the list of things that you actually want to do? When you're in a low state, mm. what kind of things don't you want to do? Like, what, do you not feel I don't, like – I don't want to train. You don't want to train. No, I don't want to get up out of bed earlier. Yeah. I don't want to go for a walk. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to see friends. Um, I don't want to go to the sauna. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Um, I don't want to do the things that fix it. So what is, I guess, your suggestion in that case? Like, how do you push through that? Like, what is it that makes you, because I know like when you really don't like that, there's a whole bunch of things that you don't feel like doing in that moment. So what do you actually do that makes you actually get up and start to do like ticking off those things? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. Do you just, just get up and do it? Yeah. I wish I had a good answer for that. You know, I feel like, I feel like I wish I had the perfect answer for that question, but I don't know. Maybe maybe after being like that for a week, you know, I'm just like, oh, I'm sick of feeling like this. 
you know? Yeah, I don't, that's I don't know. Shit. I honestly don't know. I've just got to get up and do it. Yeah. What do you think? Do you notice anything from the outside that you feel like, oh, that's that triggers? I think that a lot of the time I will I will suggest. So this was probably going to be my third tip is, and I know by no means planned, <laughs> planned it to run like this, but my third tip is not force not forcefully pushing like physically physically violently <laughs> no none of that but i will make suggestions like you don't seem yourself why don't you go to the gym by yourself why don't you go and have a sauna like why don't you go and take a mental health walk just without headphones just by yourself just go like I will make suggestions and sometimes I have had pushback like I don't want to go for a walk I'm like well I would suggest that you need this right now you know like be a little bit forceful but not forceful in a real um, I'm telling you what to do and I'm your mum kind of way like definitely not like that but a gentle yet forceful way of like you need this for yourself. Well, maybe that's what it is. So maybe that's what why I couldn't figure out what the switch that flicked that went from sad Brad wins to happy Brad wins. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe having a supportive partner gently suggesting, hey, why don't you, and then you know my list of stuff, hmm. you know what gets me off and you're like, why don't you, why don't you go for a mental health walk? Why don't you go for a jog? Why don't you go for a sauna? Why don't you go to the gym on your own today? Maybe that's what it is. It starts, I always start with the one that has often the least resistance. So, for example, a walk yeah. is the least resistance. It doesn't take much. You literally walk out your front door. Whereas if it was to go to the sauna or go to the gym or go see your friends, it requires a lot more thought and effort. Driving, <coughs> getting up driving to the gym getting up driving to the sauna like it that's there's a lot more resistance there whereas literally going for a walk you slide on your shoes and walk straight out the door so i always start with that one first and then once i can see that you've gone for a walk you feel better and then it's like all right well how about you go to the gym you know so okay cool i think that's it cool the only reason I wanted to touch on that, a couple people, every, not every time, excuse me, often when I talk about depression and stuff, people will reach out mm-hmm. and you don't realize how many people are either directly or indirectly affected somehow mm. by depression. And <clears throat> yeah, so if it's something, yeah, I don't know, maybe we should have a separate, I feel like maybe we should get an, an expert on. Mm. Um, I actually think that's a really, really good idea. Well, we've had Monique. So Monique, um, who is actually my therapist, we had on, my goodness, probably like four or five months ago now. Yeah. But yeah, I think it'd be awesome to have somebody just, you know, speak about depression and maybe some tools and advice because there's a lot more people than you actually think that actually struggle with it. Yeah. So. All right. You want to get stuck into the questions? Yep. All right, we're going to have, we just, we were kind of toing and froing with like. Um, well, we're at 23 minutes, are we? Yeah, so which is quite to, normal. So. We're going to have to quick fire these because we did a, a poll, Ashes on the Poll, like the good old days. <laughs> and it, it more people did seem to prefer 20 to 40 minutes was the most popular slot for podcasts, which we've already going to blow that budget. And then 40 to 60 was the next most popular. Yeah. So we're going to try and keep them between probably 30 and 60. Yeah. yeah. I feel like 20, well, we blew 20. Anyway, let's start with the first question. Hey, Brad, and in brackets, Ash, question for the potty. How is in, how important is it to hit your protein target when you're on a deload week? Mm. Yep. Solid question. So what is a deload week? Oftentimes, just in case anyone's listening, you know, what is a protein target? What is a deload week? So protein target in order to have your body in an ideal environment for muscle growth or muscle retention, you need enough protein each day. Protein is not something that can build up in your body like uh, food or <clears throat> like a like you could have, you can go quite a while without food, mm. whereas like you can't go quite a while without water. 
your yep. body you'll die of thirst before you die of starvation so <clears throat> you need to you can't just drink 20 liters of water on monday and then not drink for the rest of the week protein's the same you need to have somewhat consistent protein throughout the day to provide enough muscle building blocks uh, and so a deload week would be a week where if you have built your training all the way up in like quite an aggressive manner that you're training you know four or five times a week and you get to the point where you find that your performance is down and you're not able to lift what you would normally lift what coaches will often do these days they will actually proactively plan in a deload week which means that you might either halve the weights that you lift for the week or you might just do full weights but only one set so instead of doing four sets of deadlifts at 60 kilos you might do one set of deadlifts and then move on to your next exercise or instead of doing four sets of deadlifts at 60 kilos you might do four sets at 30 kilos and often what can happen is that can be like a deload recovery week and then you can come back often people will find that they're stronger than the next week so do you need to hit your protein? Yes, 100%. Uh, it's exactly the same all year round. The goal during a, a, a deload week is to, for your body to rest and recover. If you're not providing enough protein for muscle growth, then potentially you might not get as much benefit from recovery for the deload week. The only thing I would add in is why are you having a deload week? If, you are, if you're doing any of our programs, you shouldn't need one. I would say... Out of every um, 500 people, one person might need a deload week. It's super rare. We program in such a way that in uh, volume, intensity, and frequency are managed so well that you should not lead, need a deload week. Some people will find that their gym is um, suffering, or but it's more often something other than the gym that's causing that stress or that pressure and then that's leading to performance so maybe high stress in work or home life poor sleep poor sleep hygiene you know and these things can lead to them poor performance in the gym and so people think i'll take a deload week what you're better off doing is the things that are causing the stress or causing you to need a deload week you're better off fixing those things is that okay? Yeah, I might get that plug from behind you. Okay. What do you think? Um, yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. I feel like I don't honestly have all that much to add to there, which is perfect for trying to keep it nice and short. Cool. We'll go to this next one. This one is cool too. Hi, Brashley. <laughs> and doesn't then, quite have a and then decent in, ring. In, in brackets, Ashrad doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> <coughs> in your episode 74... Brad mentioned that fats and carbs play no role in muscle growth or fat loss. Calories and protein are key. If this is the case, why are some parts of the health and fitness industry so full on about the all three macros? I wish I actually um, knew exactly where it originated from. I can't tell you exactly where being so full on about three macros, like exactly where it originated from. It is something that's heavily used in the bodybuilding industry. Um, carb cycling, um, they often will, you know, coming into a bodybuilding show, increase carbs right up because what carbs essentially do, particularly if you've been depleted of carbs for a long time, when you consume carbs, for every gram of carb you consume, you hold three um three grams of water so what it will do is fill the muscle bellies and pump or, or plump up your muscles appearing or helping you appear to look a little bit bigger and what they say is when you deplete yourself of carbs you look quite fat um uh, sorry not fat flat so it's it's like something that's heavily relied on in the bodybuilding industry which is probably why you see it so much if we think about uh, weightlifting if you think about heavy weights I would say that bodybuilding probably dominates the industry which is you know people hear something and then all of a sudden everyone's doing it right like you look at your people with the best physiques in the gym and what do you do you look at them and think oh they're doing you know this exercise that exercise they're training five days a week I should be doing exactly the same because they're fit and they look great and I want to look like that too and it's not always the case so when it comes to um, general population, which is majority of people like Brad and I are general population, we're not bikini you know, competitors, we're not physique athletes. I, I could be a 
Bikini. I'd love to see you in a bikini. Actually, I just ordered some bikinis. I'd love to see. I think the Graham would love to see you in it. I don't mind. <laughs> hey, I'll do it. Um, so I think when you we're talking about general population, if you are somebody that wants to, I guess have and I hate buzzwords and they're so I guess um, slandered on Instagram these days, like tight and toned but we do tend to use them because you guys know what they mean right like if it's relatable you'll if I say to you you should you want to build muscle and grow fat it's uh, sorry build muscle and lose fat it's not as appealing as tight and toned like I feel like people relate more to the buzzwords I know what you mean you know what I mean Um, but if your ideal physique is somebody that is tight and toned that you are strong you feel happy you feel in powered, you want to um, be able to eat outside of chicken and broccoli, like you don't want to just eat that all the time. Um, If that's kind of your goal, then you don't have to follow a carb and fat uh, macronutrient target. Because what we see is we know that it comes down to fat loss and fat gain comes down to calories in and calories out. We know that from a scientific standpoint. Now, the macronutrients determine at what rate of fat loss and or fat gain um, that you either lose or gain, right? So, for example, if you go into a calorie deficit and you're just eating less than you your body burns and let's say you don't actually meet a protein target, you're just pretty much eating low protein, you're not strength training, what's going to happen is yes, you will lose weight, but a large portion of that is going to be muscle. And the result of that is, yeah, cool, you lost weight, but you still essentially look exactly the same as you did before you lost the weight, but you're just a smaller version. So you're still not happier, right? Because you're still not tight and toned. So as soon as you introduce like a protein target and you start resistance training, when you do lose the weight whilst in a calorie deficit, what will happen is you're likely more likely to maintain your muscle, lose mostly body fat, and all of a sudden you've lost weight, but you also look more tight and toned. Um, when it comes to carbs and fats, your body your body's preferred source of fuel is carbohydrates. So yes, they are important. However, your body doesn't know that you need 208 grams of carbohydrates. Like whether you have 208 grams or 170 grams is not going to make any difference to your fat loss or, um, you know, fat loss, fat gain, muscle growth, muscle loss. Um, When it comes to fats, a lot of people actually will just go on low fat, like Hey, look at all the low-fat products that are in Woolworths and Coles. A lot of people just go, oh, low-fat, it's good for you. You know, I want to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. But another thing that's not really considered is we actually need, both men and women need fats for hormone production. Without fats, if you're not eating enough, your hormones are going to be all out of whack, which causes another, you know, bunch of problems outside of fat loss. So I think it's, you know, really important to understand that ca- it's calories what controls your weight gain, weight loss, but then we can manipulate the macronutrients inside of that. One being protein and then letting the carbs and fats fall where they fall. Yes, eating uh, fats is good for you, but you don't have to meet these strict guidelines of, you know, 30% fat and, you know, 40% carbohydrates or even they get like the bodybuilders get even more black and white and they're like literally 67 grams of fat or do you know what I mean like that causes more harm than good in general population because what that does to you is make you hyper focused on food which no one likes it makes you feel like you failed if you can't meet those targets it makes you feel like you have to eat stupid crazy configurations of meals like I used to do a bit of strawberries a bit of peanut butter a bit of chicken like no one wants to do that you want to sit down and eat a normal meal with your family and enjoy yourself and if you can still reach your goals by doing that why wouldn't you I don't I think that human behavior has to be on the top of the list anytime you come up with a plan if you right totally if you want to if you want muscle growth fat loss or both Human behavior cannot be ignored. It's probably one of the most important things. And so while the macro targets, I would say, 
if optimal is not practical, it's no longer optimal. Yes. So our like perfect world if we're all robots, could could you set macro targets and would that be optimal? Yeah, well probably. Yeah. Like yeah, why not? What what why not set these exact percentages or grams of macro targets and have everyone do that? However, as soon as human behavior comes into play, it's Friday. What do we do every Friday? It's Pizza Friday. Uh, what did we have for lunch today? We skipped it. And we had a world's shake. Um, what did we have for dinner last night? We planned it last minute. Yeah. Uh, so, when it comes to human behavior, you can only stick to a macro split for so long. If you are getting ready for a bodybuilding comp, no problem because you. That means a lot to you and you'll stick to it for that time and you'll probably sacrifice those meals. However, if you're trying to live a normalish life and you just want to grow some muscle and lose some body fat, then macro targets are probably in the list of the top three things that will prevent you getting to your goal because someone will ring now and say, hey, do you want to go out to dinner tonight? And you can't go because how on earth are you going to get your carb fat and protein ratio correct while you're out to dinner you're going to be scanning through the menu trying to get things into my fitness pal that's not quite enough can i get it uh can you get more butter can i have a bit less potato can you not use oil when you cook my steak you know oh sorry we just worked out we're out of steak do you want something else you're just going to go yolo you know you go you know what i do want something else the cocktail list is what I want. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start at the top and I'm going to work my way through. I'm so sick and tired of this. And all your friends are there and they're like, yes, Cheryl's back. Yes. yes we missed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you just have a protein and a weekly daily protein, weekly calorie, that just accounts for human behavior. And when it comes to human behavior, there's some things that not many people fall in the category like protein, daily protein target should you skip breakfast. Well, look, optimal is probably having your protein set out evenly throughout the day. There you go. That's optimal. But if you're the type of person that naturally doesn't eat breakfast, doesn't want to eat breakfast, you know what's then the next most optimal thing for you is to bump up your protein through the next meals that you do have so that you still hit your daily protein because you'll do that forever. Mm. It's about the human behavior part. And and I think that's what gets skipped. I think people read it. So the question was why? I think that because these coaches have the correct information if they're targeting it towards robots. Or somebody that is a bodybuilder that is, is prepared, basically a robot. Is prepared to sacrifice Absolutely life slash yeah. lifestyle for X amount of time to hit that incredibly important goal for them. And you speak to any bodybuilder and ask them what they went through to to win yeah, they hate it. They say that give up your entire life. Yeah, give up your life, yeah. It has to be the one thing that yeah. you are entirely focused yeah. on. And so if you're Cheryl or you're trying to get ready for Cheryl's pool party and you're like, okay, I'm going to give up my entire life to look a certain way, what is the point in looking that way? You're the only person that's going to see it mm. and you're going to be sad too. All right, question number three, how can I speed up my metabolism? This is actually quite easy. Uh, the metabolism can be sped up, it can be slowed down. Uh, the things that you do every day send signals to your body. Your body is a primal machine. Uh, we have adapted and grown over the years to the environment, that the, the conditions of the environment that we're in. Uh, for example, people closer to the equator generally speaking, will have a darker pigmentation of the skin and that's to protect them from sunburn. People further away from the equator will have a lighter pigmentation or skin pigmentation, lighter skin colour, and that is to help them uh, absorb UV rays so that they can get more vitamin D, which is your favourite vitamin. And so when we talk about adaptation, the metabolism is the same. Back in the day, there wasn't much food, so we would run a lot. Our metabolism would slow down so that we would survive. So what do you need to do to speed it up? Send the correct signals and they're very clear signals. Number one, resistance training. When I talk about resistance training, sometimes you hear it called strength training or weight training or whatever. Uh, resistance training, which is using external force against the movement or the muscle. So think of a squat, a deadlift, a bench press, all those normal movements in a normal gym setting. That is a signal 
for your body to grow muscle and speed up the metabolism. A key thing for muscle growth is enough protein, which we spoke about already, so you need to eat enough protein. The third thing is calories. You either need to be at maintenance or slightly above maintenance or slowly building your maintenance calories up. If you are in a diet phase, a fat loss phase, then you're not going to speed up your metabolism. You're going to do the opposite. Your body will adapt to lower calories and actually slow it down. So you need to spend more of your year uh, either reverse dieting, main gaining, or even in a bulk, uh, depending on your goals, your physique, etc. That's how you speed up your metabolism. That's how simple it is. I think another important thing to add is what will stop you from speeding up your metabolism. Because, yes, you can do those things, but you might go, cool, I'll add those on top of all this other shit that I'm already doing. (laughs) And you might find that you're driving with the accelerator and the brake on at the same time. So it's important to do the things I said, but just those things. Yeah, don't go and add on hit cardio classes, running and all this other junk <laughs> on top. Don't um, don't go and do that because that is actually going to be exactly like Brad said, you know, working with the accelerator on and the brake pedal on at the same time. Like you're going to get a little bit of both, but not much of either. Like it just doesn't make a whole heap of sense. And I know that it is scary. Like Brad's talking about strength training, particularly like I know girls like – I was that person. Like I have been in your shoes, like the hit addict. I used to actually tease, like not tease because I've never been somebody to tease, tease people, but I'd be like those bodybuilders, like they, I could so outrun them. Like they're not fit, you know, like I, I'd be thinking to myself, I don't get it. You know, like I'd, it's so much more important to be fit. And I was scared of not having that level of fitness. But we've proven time and time again that we are still fit. We can run, you know, we can kick a football and run around doing that kind of necessity, those kind of things that you need to be fit. Could we go and run a half marathon right now? Look, maybe. However, I think that we'd struggle a lot, but that's because we don't train for that. But do you need that? Like, do you need that? If we wanted to, I reckon, you know, a couple of months and we'd be able to, but I'm going off track. Um, so don't do that. Do your strength training. Don't be, in sca- don't be scared to increase your food. If you're doing a proper strength training program and you're increasing your food at a slow rate, your metabolism will speed up. It's as simple as that. Yeah. The things that will slow it down are, because people hear cardio classes or whatever, mm. you know, even... And I'm not trashing on CrossFit. I think there's a lot of pros that have come out of CrossFit. But doing even CrossFit training, you might think, well, that's, you know, they use weights, Mm. you know. So, but unfortunately, they're doing far too much endurance, which is going to be triggering the aerobic. uh, Is it aerobic or anaerobic? Yeah, aerobic. The aerobic part of your body. And that, that will be triggering a slow the metabolism response as opposed to speed up the metabolism response. Once you've done it once, you're like, oh my God, this is so simple. Why mm. don't they teach this? How often do you see in the groups? Why don't they teach this? What? Oh, every second day someone says that. They're yeah. like, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm mind blown. The amount of um, ladies that come through the program and easily increase their food by 500 calories a day, mm. I would say that that's average, no problem at all, increasing yeah. by 500 calories a day. So think about you start on 1,500, 2,000, whatever, and you increase by 500 without gaining body fat. That's a pretty cool spot to be in, and that's um, that's a much better space to live your life in. It's a much better starting point for a f- starting point for a fat loss phase, mm. and it's much easier to maintain your results with a faster metabolism. Perfect. Cool. Next question. This one we s- had to make up part of it because oh, yes. we were sitting here, and I was like, "Remember, someone sent through that message." And we couldn't find it. Yeah, so. someone sent me a message when I did the Q and A, which I think was on Monday. Look, I don't know. This last two weeks, it feels like it's been a year. But <laughs> the so on Monday, somebody sent me a message, and I apologised because I said we'd answer on the podcast. And look, there's three words here, and I know you sent a longer message, but yeah. we tried to recall it. Yeah, and this is all we could remember. So I know there was another part to it, but. So I've just put down, what are your thoughts on OMAD, one meal a day? 
I remember because you read it out, and it was something like, you know, uh, some famous bodybuilder is able to eat one meal a day and have a fantastic physique, you know, so. Yeah, or it could have even like been, that. it could have even been like, um, my friend is convinced that you can grow better muscle on one meal a day. Like, that's even ringing a bell. That so rings a bell, actually. Look, it could have been one of the two. So, we'll just know. talk, we'll talk in, in general about. We'll talk about our thoughts. We'll talk about like maybe some potential benefits, downsides. All right. So my thoughts, personal thoughts, if you're just asking me for me, I'd hate it. Like I just think what a crappy way to live. Like I actually like food and I'd probably be really hungry and then one meal a day just wouldn't bring me joy. So that's my personal opinion. Um, When it comes to like the effects, particularly if you are somebody that has maybe fat loss as a goal or muscle growth as a goal, um, the problem that we see with one meal a day or even intermittent fasting is you're going with such a long period without a protein a protein, a steady flow of protein that you're you're ingesting. So, kind of like I mean, ne- imagine one drink a day. That's what I. That's what yeah. I was about to say. Like, yeah. imagine going all day without water. Like, you'd be so parched by the end of the day. Protein is a very very similar necessity to water. You should be consuming it in even states over the course of the day. Now, <laughs> this is, comes back to Brad talking about optimal um, versus. Practical. Practical, that's it. I'm like, what's that word? Yeah, optimal versus practical. There's going to be days, practical, that um, you may not have protein for breakfast really, right? And then you may not actually get in – you may have a little bit, but you may not actually get in a decent amount of protein till lunch. On the odd days like that, no issue. But generally speaking, most people are consuming protein evenly throughout the day, which is giving your muscles a steady state of protein, which is what it needs, similar to drinking water. To stay hydrated, you need – you know, even amounts of water throughout the day. Now, what happens when you have one meal a day? You're basically dehydrating yourself. Look, I'm trying to be simpleton terms here, but that's basically what you're doing. You're not getting an even state of protein. Then you're getting a massive influx potentially, particularly if you are somebody that is being conscious of that, or alternatively, maybe not getting much protein at all. So then you're missing vital nutrients. Like if you're somebody that's not tracking your food and you're not super aware of your protein and you are only eating one uh, one meal a day, maybe your goal is fat loss and uh, muscle growth, you're not eating enough protein to even support that. Like you are be totally under eating protein so from that perspective alone you wouldn't be able to grow near as much protein now let's say you are actually tracking your protein now there's a lot of like oh you shouldn't have any more than x amount of protein in a meal because it will damage your kidneys all that kind of stuff it's not true there's been studies that show that you can consume up to 4.2 off the top of my head it's either 4.1 or 4.2 grams per kilogram of body weight per day with no negative side effects your body is really really intelligent the protein that it doesn't use you actually pee out, right? So it's not something that is super dangerous for you. Um, That's actually how they came up with pea protein. (laughs) That was actually a funny dad joke. Um, Yeah, so that kind of answers that question. I feel like I'm going to let you finish off the rest. Otherwise, you won't have much to speak about. It's If we were to compare head and neck and neck, head and head, Whatever, what is it? I think it's neck and head neck. Head to head. Neck and neck. Neck to neck. If we were to compare one meal a day versus ev- completely even calorie and protein distribution throughout the day, the person that had even calorie and protein distribution would technically grow muscle more efficiently because they're getting protein all throughout the day versus the person that's only having protein enough protein for muscle protein synthesis which is muscle growth they technically only probably got a three or four hour window that they have sufficient protein for muscle growth now is it possible to still grow muscle eating one meal a day yeah for sure mm. is it optimal no if that same person whoever's eating one meal a day if that same person had um, even throughout the whole day, mm. that person would grow more muscle more efficiently eating meals spread out throughout the day compared to having one. Now, there might be some people out there that just love it. If you, for some reason, love one meal a day, you know, and I want to 
I think it's important because some people tell themselves they love running. Some mm. people tell themselves they love cardio. Some t- people tell themselves they love uh, CrossFit, whatever it is. And some people are right. They do love those things. But also, a fuck ton of those people actually just love they tell themselves they love it because they feel like it stops them from getting fat or it will keep them skinnier or make them skinnier. Yeah. They don't actually love it. Um, I remember I used to love like F45 classes. Yeah. And it wasn't that I loved that. It was that I loved the outcome. And then when you peeled it back. So if we talk to um, Cheryl, who's eating one meal a day, she might say, yes, I love it. She may have gone from eating three or 4,000 calories a day spread across five meals and she's cut that down to 500 calories a thousand call it a thousand calories in one meal so she's gone into a giant calorie deficit she would have lost a lot of weight on the scale and maybe she's hit her goal and maybe now she goes i love one meal a day in her mind it's because that's the thing that either helped her get to her goal or seemed like it's getting her to her goal she could have got the exact same outcome by spreading those 1,000 calories throughout the day evenly, and arguably she would have retained more muscle or grown more muscle doing it that way. But So for the very small group of people that love, I don't personally, I actually don't know anyone that eats one meal a day. I know people that have tried it. It's a trend. You know, it's an, any named diet is something that you should stick away from. Not should stick away from. That's so um, black and white to say that. But oftentimes, it makes it marketable. There's a reason people name a diet. It's marketable and it will sell. And you're like, ooh, OMAD. I wouldn't mind. What is that all about? Oh, yeah, James did OMAD and he lost, you know, he lost 60 kilos. Yeah, it was his wife. She left because he became annoying. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, if if you are that person that actually loves it well yeah go for it and and you find that you're able to get to your goal or stay your goal and move towards your goal then sure would you probably move towards your goal faster spreading those calories out during the day yes yes the science is very clear that you would but if for you that that seems to work yeah you can do that but I think we also need to look at the other point of view and go the person that doesn't enjoy that, the person that actually is looking for results, outcome, progress, is that an optimal way to get there? Is that a better way? No. Yeah. All right, last question. And actually, this is a good question. Look, it's a good question for both of us because we both struggle with this, but I feel like Brad um, has struggled with it more. I forget what it is. Uh, I really struggle with building muscle. Any tips? Oh, this is a cracker. I struggle. I struggled... S- Oh, is this meant to be me answering or you? Yeah, yeah. I struggle. I, my genetics are really, really poor for muscle growth. And so I... Both am, of ours are, yeah. Yours are not too bad. <laughs> no, nah, bro, they're bad. Okay, Let's fair enough. Going. All right. <laughs> so I have had to dial muscle, like the, there's things. So one meal a day for me wouldn't work. There you go. Mm. I would... Th- there is no way I would have got to where I am one meal a day because I am the person that has to do everything optimal. I have to have everything dialed up to 10 to see progress when it comes to muscle growth. Yeah? Yep. I can't do any of these. There's some people on the genetic tree that can literally have a shit and grow muscle just from pushing. <laughs> I'm like, where, I want whatever tree they're on. I know. And we all know that amazing looking physique or whatever. They're the people that are on the Instagram and they're doing the flexing of the muscles <laughs> And these are the people that you like, you know, like even like if you think of these cross, like the uh, the top of the Waza CrossFit athletes, you're not going to look like that or I'm not. I'm not going to look like that doing CrossFit and 99% of the population won't either. These guys are genetic outliers to the craziest degree, yeah? And so they can nearly do anything. For me, I struggle to build muscle, so I have to do everything optimally. Number one, protein. Protein every single day is something that must protein is the building blocks of muscle i think i used the analogy before if you need to build a brick house you can have the laborer you can have the cement mixer you can have the is it grout that goes in between the bricks or whatever not grout that's for tiles you can have all of the stuff but if you don't have bricks you just got a bunch of dudes in short shorts with good suntans looking around at each other going well 
What do we do? What do we do now? You can't build a house without bricks. You can't build muscle without enough protein. Yeah, um, totally. So that's obviously number one. But number two, and this is so underrated, is if you really struggle to build muscle, you need to be in a calorie surplus. Mother trucker. Ooh. Like you really do. And it's so underrated and it's scary. And I know, I get it, I get it. But you've got to work out what you're willing to sacrifice. If you're like, you know what, I cannot stand that I cannot build muscle. It frustrates the hell out of me. That is like my top number one goal. Well, my friend, you need to be in a calorie surplus to achieve that if you really struggle. So number one, protein. Number two, enter a calorie surplus. Number three is strength train, very close to failure. And I'm not saying, when I say very close to failure, I mean an eight out of 10, which is what we, if you are in one of our groups, you will know um, when we talk about how close to failure you need to train. I'm, I'm talking, let's not be picking up a two kilo dumbbell and doing, you know, goblet squats with that. Um, it's time to struggle it's time to I hate that word I hate associating training with struggle but yeah it's time to make ugly faces in the gym lift heavy weight it's time to you know maybe grunt if that's up your alley Brad likes a little bit of a grunt when he does squats not me not so much but it's time to I'm trying to paint a picture of how how heavy you need to lift now when I say that don't be afraid and like you might look at if you follow me on Instagram, Melody, Melody's getting a shout out. Melody Chambers, who is on Instagram and she'll always share like, not always, but she'll share stuff from time to time, but she'll share her one rep max when she does that three times a year. Now, most recently she did 180 kilo deadlift and like it was the most perfect deadlift. It was so, so cool. Now, if you look at that and you're like, oh my goodness, like I can't even lift 20 kilos. That's ridiculous. Like how am I ever going to do that? Don't look at other people and think that you need to lift the same weight as them. You need to struggle in a way or challenge yourself is probably a better way. Challenge yourself in a way that's relative to you. So Brad and I aren't going to lift the same weight. I'm not going to lift the same weight as Melody and Melody's not going to lift the same weight as Claire, right? We're all going to lift differently. However, we are challenging ourselves exactly the same. So we will, all three of us, all four of us are going to feel the same amount of challenge regardless of the weight that we lift. You should feel like that. Next thing is, so yeah, nutrition was the first one, protein and calories. I would say start at a 10% surplus. Mm. So find out your maintenance calories, 2,000 calories. I don't gain weight. I don't lose weight if I eat 2,000 calories a day. You could start at a 10% surplus. I personally started at a 30 and mm. that was what I needed to do to push myself out of my maintenance range and have enough calories to actually see the scale move upwards. And how did that feel? Amazing for me. Yes. For me, that felt amazing because I struggled to grow muscle all my life. Yes. And I knew that that scale going up was, yes, all right, part of it was body fat, part of it was food volume, but guess what else part of it was? Muscle. Muscle. And that was what I needed to do for, I was a hard gainer, that's what I had to do. And how, just before you could go on, how that's how it felt awesome with scales and training and whatnot, but how did eating those extra calories in the moment feel for <laughs> bro, you? Bro, this is something that I don't know if everyone will be able to relate to this. I do not know, right? But I have force-fed myself so much I've thrown up more than once and I hated every part of it. I did not feel like eating that much food and I had to literally force food. I would be sitting there nearly wanting to cry because I'm looking at the clock and it's in between breakfast and morning tea and I haven't even finished my breakfast because it takes me so. It was taking me so long to get through because I wasn't hungry. So I'm having the small spots and I'm forcing it in. And I'm like, oh my god, I've only got 45 minutes until it's morning tea time. And then morning tea time, and I'll be like, I got 40 minutes till lunch time. I've got to eat a full meal. How am I going to do this? And I, I, str I struggled. But guess what? A lot. Like, honestly, look, I, I, like from a partner's perspective, it was part funny to watch. <laughs> Because, like, it's just watching him. And I'm like, how can you not just eat the food? Like, get it down, bro. Like, here I am 
And then I would just come out with the next meal. I'd be like, it's time to eat again. And just the look on his face of she just like, I just want to break down and cry. But you wanted to grow muscle more than you just wanted to not feel full. Yeah. Right? You've, you've, got, you've got to want it. The pain of staying the same has to be... Less than the pain of change. Which one is Great, it? Isn't it great? The pain of staying the same. Pain of change has to stay the same if you're Brad Lane. <laughs> no, but you have to want it more yeah. than you want to stay the same. If it didn't bother me that much being skinny, then it would not have been worth it for me to force feed myself. But I was so, not sad, determined to sacrifice feeling shit short term Mm. if it meant getting to my goal medium and long term and I only had to do it once I only had to go through that pain once because it was not the same even now look I admittedly haven't bulked for a while Mm. but even now for me to bulk it doesn't feel like it used to back then and you have a much different appetite now my appetite changed Adapted my mm. appetite. I don't look. I don't know if this is the same for everyone. I can't tell you whether it will or won't be. But my appetite. Okay, I'll tell some embarrassing things. We used to go out to dinner, and I had such a low appetite. I would struggle to finish a full meal, mm. and I'd be embarrassed about that because I'm all my mates would be able to finish a meal. You could finish a meal, and so I'd actually lie and I would say oh, I didn't like it mm. or something. Mm. Like someone would be like, "Oh, what's wrong?" Didn't it taste any good? And I'd be like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it was. It was, it's, it was shit. <laughs> and that's why I didn't eat it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. even at your mum's place the first time yeah. that we had dinner, I was just full. So I was like, oh, I didn't really like it or whatever. Yeah. That was like less embarrassing than being like, oh, I can't eat that much. Because yeah. people, it's funny, you can fall on one side and it's totally fine to call someone, oh, you're so skinny. Why don't you eat more? And that's deemed to be completely acceptable. Mm. But the the flip side of that, the reverse side of that, I actually won't even say it because it's so unacceptable to mm. say that. But it feels the same. Mm. I, f- I felt just as not worthless but put down. Yeah, you some, do. It is a worthless feeling. Someone says you're so skinny or why don't you just eat a cheeseburger or whatever. And you would feel terrible about it. And it would be the same if I were to say I can't actually finish a full meal mm. I, f- I would feel so but someone would be like what's wrong with you mm. you're not a man you can't finish a full meal whereas imagine if it was flipped and someone finished a meal and they're still hungry and you're like what's wrong with you you're not full what's you know like you couldn't say that yeah no or like you should don't you think you should eat a little bit less than that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which people do actually say that which is yeah, awful some mean but. people out there but yeah, so that was a um, it was a pretty uncomfortable thing to go through, but it was much less uncomfortable than feeling the way that I felt. And so I wanted the outcome enough that I was prepared to do what it it took. It was a growing experience in more ways than one, pardon the pun. Yeah. But as crazy as it sounds, the growth, the mental growth that I got by going through that is I don't have a dream physique. There's no one coming up to me going, bro, you know, like you're – uh, amazing physique. What do you do? Or <laughs> you know what I mean? No one's got a picture of Hang me. Hang on. Wait. The people at the sauna? Yeah. But yes. She was an old lady and she was licking her lips and I was like, I thought she thought I was a lamb chop. I was <laughs> Mate, I she was, was digging your physique. It's, yeah. And she goes, oh, no, I won't say that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and I don't think there's too many guys that are going to have a picture of me up on their wall as like, that's my dream physique, which I don't care because it's mine. Like, I went from where I was, which was a stick man, to, like, probably a normal-sized person. Yeah. You know? A medium shirt. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, because... Like, your goal has always been the medium To get into shirt. a medium shirt. It has been. That's one of my goals. Um, and so, you know, everyone says, like, I might look at every other one and go, I don't ever even now be like, oh, I wish I looked like that guy. I wish I look. I'm so grateful that... I got to go through this journey because what I learned through it, how hard it is to build muscle, what it takes. I'm like, if I had, if that had come easy to me, we wouldn't be here doing this because I'd be like, oh, just do some push-ups or, you know, whatever works for a genetic outlier. Mm. There you go. Yeah. That's it? That's it. Cool. Cool. You want to take us out? <laughs> um, so, guys, if you don't already follow me, 
Uh, follow me on Instagram at ash underscore underscore lane. If you don't already follow Brad, you can follow him at trade with Brad, but we be wary because he does post some, you know, crazy stuff from time to time. Um, I'm just joking. He's really funny to follow. Um, but yeah, if I feel like if you have any questions, send yeah, them through. Send them through to either, you know, either DM, DM Brad or myself. Um, if we totally messed up your question about the OMAD, um, please like just resend it. And we'll ask. I'll be a little bit more diligent next time. I just was in the thick of a little bit, just like, yep, I'll add that to my mental note. Well, my mental note was already full. Yeah, it had well, no more space. What did we say last week? This is this week's been the longest month ever. The, yeah. It actually was. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> we missed a couple of weeks of podcasting. We did two full weeks of podcasting. Uh, to be honest, this year has been so inconsistent with podcasting. We will actually, come November, we are going to start like a new season. Um, I think that I really hope that we are still doing that. Um, you're like, let's start a new season. Season right two or like yeah, because so. of the new place or whatever? Yeah. Okay, because we're going to be videoing them. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we will video them and put them on YouTube as well so you guys can see our pretty faces. Um, but yeah, that's about it. All right, love you, bye. Love you, bye.